The following sermon podcast is a glimpse into the community of Central Bible Church, where we strive to welcome everyone into Jesus' life. We hope that you can join us for this Sunday service as we gather together seeking to live in and for Christ. I get to introduce um, our speaker this morning, uh, Gerald Griffin. Come on up, Gerald. If you, ra- if you, yeah, go ahead. Raise your hand if you know Gerald. Yeah, at least half, if not more of us. So Gerald, for those of you who don't know, um, he came to CB in 1995. Um, did you get saved through Skate Church in CB? Nope. No, okay. But you got hooked up. Close. Close. Um, and then he was uh, baptized here at CB in 96 and became an intern. Um, met his wife, courted her, dated, got married here at Central Bible, um, and then became the pastor of the skate ministry in college mm-hmm. in 99. Um, and so he was a, a faithful pastor here for, for many, many years. Uh, in 2005, he then um, kind of began, he and his wife began prepping uh, to go over to Spain to serve the Basque people. And um, during that season and kind of after that, he was a pastor at Eden Bible Church, which was kind of the CBPM service that kind of went off and became its own thing, Eden Bible with Paul Anderson. And um, that actually was my like home church during my undergrad at Centra- or at Multnomah um, back in the day. So I've known of Gerald uh, for a long time, and then in this last season, I've really gotten to know him better. Um, He's been uh, on staff at Bridgetown Church uh, in downtown Portland. Um, Raise your hand if you know Bridgetown Church. Yeah, it's an incredible, incredible ministry, really serving a ton of the young people, the millennial um, young professionals in our city, which is not exactly an easy audience to reach in Portland, Oregon, is it? Um, And so Gerald has been particularly helpful to myself and to Russell, and honestly, I think we're not alone in this, but our whole leadership has kind of been watching Bridgetown, I think like a lot of churches do, from afar, and have been praying for them, and have really learned and been encouraged by them. So um, will you give it up for Gerald and Bridgetown one more time? Thank you. Thanks, Gerald. Thanks so much. Well, a lot has changed since last time I was here. My hair color used to be black. We used to gather upstairs and do skate church down here, where we are now. I can't believe um, the past decade for myself, my family has gone by very quickly, and I'm sure uh, for many of you, you never imagined 10 years ago that you'd be sitting here um, at the last Sunday gathering Central Bible. It's, it's unbelievable. Um, it's an honor for me to be the one uh, and also a little bit scary, giving this last message. I talked to Cal a minute ago, and he said he was glad that I was doing it and not him. But I wanted to submit that it's not too late to have him. <laughs> uh, so many incredible people just in the um, time period I was here. I, I looked at it, and from the time I was an intern to being on staff full-time and then transitioning to be a missionary, uh, I realized I was on payroll here for 15 years. So so thank you. My family thanks you. But so many people uh, that could be standing here, 
I think of Paul Anderson and the incredible impact he's had in my life and so many young leaders, um, including Tim Mackey and John Collins, who do the Bible Project just uh, about a mile away from here and are creating these online animated Bible videos that have uh, been fully crowdsourced and funded by donors and have gone around the world translated multiple languages, and really unlocking difficult aspects of the scripture uh, for this next generation in a remarkable way. I don't know if I'm supposed to tell this, but they've also created something that's going to come out uh, that's a Bible Project Classroom, where basically it's Dr. Tim Mackey, who, as many of you know, was a skateboard kid here from Portland that met Jesus here, had his life transformed through Skate Church, Central Bible, Multnomah. And uh, Dr. Tim Mackey and his team over at the Bible Project have now figured out how to do these online, basically like a seminary classroom where Tim is going all the way. Started in Genesis, and the other day at lunch he said, we've started in Genesis, but we're going to do the whole Bible and create basically free online seminary classes. The best Bible education, in my humble opinion, that's out there uh, that they'll be donating for free in years to come. And that all came out of here. I mean, out of this literal room, this basement, uh, the hours spent in here, uh, young men and a couple brave women uh, skateboarding, hearing the message of Jesus, and then Sundays gathering upstairs, many years under Cal um, and the mentorship of Paul. It's just unbelievable. Another great of that era is our good friend Andy Teeter, a kid that grew up in Vancouver, Washington, came to Bible college and through Skate Church and Central Bible, and is now the head of Old Testament at Harvard. Harvard. So he could be here, and I would love to hear him uh, teach the Bible, and many, many others. Uh, Man, so many. So as... um, was just said, I came here in 1995, mentored under Paul in Skate Church, baptized, became an intern, met my wife here. And my wife, she's on her way over. She was at home helping my daughter in high school homework, and I said, Jenny, you've got to come. So she's coming. But, you know, my, my father-in-law, Michael Ledner, was worship pastor here with Cal for a while. Some of you guys remember Michael and Lila. He's still a pastor down in Scottsdale, Arizona. So my, my wife and her older sister, Candace, were in the youth group under Rod and Don Taylor, uh, and then we met later and were married here, just dedicated two of our kids here, sent out as a missionary from here. Just, I'm deeply, deeply grateful to the legacy of Central Bible, the people, many of them here in this room, um, and your commitment to the scriptures, to evangelism, to missions, uh, and to training the next generation. The intern program here at Central Bible Church was absolutely um, pivotal in my life and following Jesus. We used to live in the intern house right there. Uh, we got three, a stipend of $300 a month, which was after taxes, $269.91. And I'll never forget when Paul told me I needed to tithe on the gross, not the net. And I was like, okay, that's what we're doing. But man, that investment in the next generation is just unbelievable. And there's been a lot of ministry that has happened, a lot of the kingdom of God that has happened in and through this building and the people. I mean, I'm sure you're all having these memories, but I think of Awanas in here, 
which my kids were part of, skate tradition here, the youth activities, Sunday school with children, adult education, and then upstairs, the week-in, week-out Sunday gatherings, but also Multnomah Chapel, three days a week upstairs, the missions conferences upstairs, and the booths and the displays down here. I mean, just incredible things. I mean, how many individuals came to know Jesus for the first time in this building? Yeah, I was, I was, it was rhetorical, but this guy's raising his hand, okay? Some of us here in this, this very room. And then how many made commitments to take the gospel to the ends of the earth as under the influence of the Multnomah Missions Conferences, probably thousands just with Norm Cook's influence alone. But man, how many lives have been transformed in and through the people of this church. So much to celebrate, and I think we all, um, there's a certain pride that I have standing here uh, this morning that I think we share. There's, there's something really to be proud of and to celebrate that God has done through you, through this legacy. But the question this morning is kind of how do we do this last step well? The step of giving away the death of Central Bible. You know, it's been said that there's three stages in our discipleship. The first stage is getting our life together. The second stage is giving our life away. And then the third stage is giving our death away. So getting our life together, I mean, I don't know about you, but for me, that was when I got here in my 20s, and I had, I said, energy, ambition, trying to understand and get a, a harness on all of this, a harness on my sexuality, all of these intense passions, and it was here that I learned, primarily under the tutelage of Paul and Bill Berg, about responsibility and organizing a budget and leading a ministry and how to make sure all the doors were locked and the gates were locked and the alarm was set. But it was a stage of life that we all go through in our discipleship, getting my life together. And then the next stage is we kind of get things together and then we want to leverage our life, all that we have, all that energy, that passion, to make an impact, to give our life away, to leverage all that we have for the kingdom of God. And those are the most fruitful years that most of us are still in. We're still able to invest in others, to invest through prayer, to invest in the kingdom expansion project that Jesus began. But then there's this final stage, which there's not a lot of instruction around, but how do we give our death away? And this is a personal kind of journey in these stages, but I think churches go through these stages as well. Um, new churches begin, as we'll hear about uh, later today. They, they, they get organized, they get themselves together, and then once they're established, like Central Bible was for decades, the, they position themselves to be of impact, to, to do ministry, to give their life away, and then all churches will eventually end. I mean, think about that. Not the church universal, the bride of Christ. There's going to be when heaven comes to earth and the new heavens and the new earth, and Jesus is here and the bride of Christ is here, but all local churches, these organizations have a timeline. They have an end date. So the question I think for us this morning is how do we do this well? 
it's a lot of training and a lot of great insights about how to do the activity of ministry. But there's very little on how to end one well. Henry Nouwen, a great uh, author and teacher around Christian spirituality, when he was approaching his own death, he said, there comes a time when the question is no longer, how do I live so that my life still makes a contribution? But rather the question becomes, how can I live now so that when I die, my death is an optimal blessing to my family, my friends, the church, and the world? So what does it look like? How can Central Bible end well and give her death away as an optimal blessing? So I think the answer we find when we look at the life of Jesus So would you turn with me to Matthew chapter 4. I think that each of the Gospels can actually be cut in these two distinct parts. Everything up to the arrest of Jesus in the garden could be called the activity of Christ. So let's look at this really quickly. Look at this kind of snapshot of the activity of Jesus in his earthly ministry. The end of Matthew chapter 4, um, starting in 23. So Matthew 4, verses 23. The scriptures say, Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness among the people. News about him spread all over Syria, and the people brought to him those who were ill with various diseases, those suffering severe pain the demon-possessed, those having seizures, and the paralyzed, and he healed them. Large crowds from Galilee, the Decapolis, Jerusalem, Judea, and the region across the Jordan followed him. So in this brief snapshot of the life and ministry of Jesus, pay attention for a second to the verbs. Jesus is teaching He's moving throughout these areas. He's proclaiming the good news. He's healing. His news is spreading. Everyone that is brought to him, he heals. So it's interesting. Jesus, in his ministry, is extremely active. Teaching, proclaiming, healing. But then there comes a shift. The second half of all the Gospels, if the first half or the first portion could be called the activity of Christ, then once Jesus is arrested, it shifts into the second part, which I think could be called the passivity of Christ. If you remember, as soon as Jesus is arrested, no longer is he the one doing these actions. Instead, the actions are done to him. He's seized He's arrested, he's led away, he's manhandled by the authorities, he's whipped, he's questioned. Someone else carries his cross for him, and ultimately, Jesus is nailed to the cross. It's so interesting that after Jesus is arrested, he no longer does the actions, but others do them to him. He's passive. And you know, the last um, days of Jesus' life have been called the Passion of Christ. And I always thought that was because of the intense emotion that Jesus went through, his passion. But actually, the root Latin word that we get passion from is passio, meaning 
passive. In other words, the last three days were the passivity of Jesus, where he allowed these things to be done to him. So just as Jesus gives his death to us through his passivity, he had previously given his life to us through his activity. And I think this becomes a paradigm for how we give our death away. There's something we give away in our death that we cannot give away in our activity. So how can Jesus allow himself in these moments, in these last crucial days, how can he allow himself to be treated so unjustly, to be lied about, to be wrongly accused, and finally to be executed as a criminal? I think there's multiple facets to this, but as you think about Jesus in the garden, wrestling in prayer with the Father, sweating blood, he comes out of that with this deep resolve and trust in the Father. You know, I often have thought that um, it's through my activity for God that I've shown my greatest faith. Jesus, I'm trusting you to do this great thing. I'm stepping out on a limb. I'm, I'm giving all of my energy and all my life to, to see these things happen, to see your kingdom come. But maybe the greatest act of faith, as we see in Jesus, is to cease striving and to peacefully offer ourselves, our plans, our ministries, our church, up to God. It's in this radical acceptance and release that we give our death away. So just as Jesus entrusted himself to the Father in his death, in this final act of trust, so also we are here today offering Central Bible Church one last time to God. After all, if you think about it, this church was founded for God's glory. And now in her ending, we offer her back to God again for his glory. And in thinking about this, um, let's remember why Jesus gave himself up in his death on the cross. Again, multifaceted theological answers, but one that stands out. The author of Hebrews reminds us that Jesus did it for the joy set before him. There was going to be this great reward. And I think Paul picks up on this in Philippians 2 when he talks about the humility of Christ and that stair-stepping humility to earth to become a man and then to die even as a criminal on a cross. But because of that humility and obedience, the Father lifts up and exalts Jesus, the name above every name, that every knee and every tongue will confess that Jesus is so we see that when, um, in Jesus' life and in ours, that when we give away our death in this final act, when we entrust it to the Father, he actually takes that offering and multiplies it in this beautiful blessing to many others.
That's why in Jesus' own words, he says, truly, I say to you, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it will remain only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. And in the same way today, we're giving away the death of Central Bible. And already there are glimpses of the new life, the new beginnings that will come out of this. You know, this church has always been marked by this passion for evangelism. Those photos of uh, all the children coming and they were playing in the, it looked like 1950s or 1960s. I remember hearing stories at Central Bible when I was here in the 90s of how there was a ministry where many of you probably in this room would go in school buses and collect kids. I remember people saying that there were parents that were passed out drunk, but they would knock on the door and the kids would come and get in the bus and come here to learn about Jesus. This incredible ministry. They needed school buses to pick up all of these kids. To fill. I remember hearing stories of uh, there being more kids down here in Sunday school than there were adults upstairs. And by the pictures, there could be a lot of adults upstairs. But that rich tradition, as it was then extended into Skate Church, which began in the parking lot here in 1987 and still not far from the parking lot is continuing today. We think about how those early seeds and the values of evangelism in the local, in the neighborhood. As even one friend just this morning walked in, a kid that grew up in this neighborhood walked in here this morning and when I told him it was the last gathering of Central Bible, he couldn't believe it. But the impact in the neighborhood still goes on. And as we give away the death of Central Bible, the desire is that the the proceeds from the sale of this building and what's left in the accounts would go towards seeing that extend into the future. The rich tradition of missions, of which I'm deeply grateful for how that shaped my life and how I was supported and encouraged through my journey in going to Spain and back. But that deep commitment will go on. And thinking about the training of next generation leaders and all of these different aspects don't stop today, but they get multiplied by this final act of giving the church away. Again, there's irony uh, for me standing here thinking about these great leaders in the room, men that I look up to, Norm Cook, Cal Blom, the things I've learned in this building, but I wonder for how many of us and how many multitudes that aren't here, we could spend all day telling stories of the impact. But isn't it interesting that that impact wasn't from the building, it was from the people. And so we just wanna recognize the reality that yes, the building is closing, but the investment that you have made in people continues to go on. So I wonder if you would stand with me as we conclude uh, this time and take a minute to pray together.
So God, we just recognize you as Father, Son, Spirit. God, you have existed before creation in perfect harmony and love. Father, adoring the Son, and Son, the Father, and Spirit, in there, the love between them. And God, you never needed us. You never needed our work, our ministry. You never needed this building. You were perfectly content in yourself. But God, by your grace and your love, you have overflowed in creation, in our lives, and in this building. You've shared yourself with us, your life with us, God. And for decades, that was here in this building where we experienced your love, God. We shared your love. We taught of it. We prayed for it. We worked to see more and more of your kingdom come for years and years and years. But God, we also recognize that the ministries at Central Bible Church, we offer them back to you in this final gift of love. God, we say thank you. Thank you for what you've done. And now, God, would you take this offering, would you take this building and the assets and all that it is, God, and like a seed, would it die and multiply? God, we're asking that you would do something above and beyond what we could ask or imagine. You've been doing it. You've done it for decades, and now we ask you to do it again, God, in a new, fresh way. Would you reach out of this into Portland, God, into the homes of men, women, and children who are desperate and lonely without you, Jesus? Would you reach to the last of the unreached people group, God, in the difficult places of the world? God, would you go and send your light and your love. And may we, in some small part, be part of that. And God, for the next generation, for the, the statistics of the kids that come to church and then after high school never return, God, may there be a raising up of the next generation of leaders. May there be those that are 19, 20, 21, that are deeply committed in new ways to the kingdom of God. And God, just as you've done, would you help them, God, through this deposit to be trained, to be equipped, and then to serve you faithfully in these decades to come. So God, we pass the baton in excitement and eagerness, yes, also um, embracing the pain and the loss. God, we give this away to you and ask, may your kingdom come and your will be done in Portland as it is in heaven. Amen. We desire to be formed by the word of God in community. If you have questions about this week's sermon, we would love to hear from you. For more information about our church, please visit centralbible.church.